I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado. With me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. Hey, last time we talked about dinosaur bones. We did. Because we talked about dinosaur bones, this was the only thing on my mind for the last week sure. and uh i got in the digging mood okay i saw just my- watched jurassic park so <laughs> well i saw myself a pterodactyl femur sticking out of the earth and i decided to pull out a toothbrush you knew it was a femur from a pterodactyl i mean i'm knowledgeable about some things tj <laughs> 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 it's it's like a it's it's like a chicken wing from Kentucky Fried Chicken, only bigger. Yeah, but how how do you know it was a pterodactyl? It was a dinosaur bone. Okay, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> if it, it's a chicken and a dinosaur bone, the only possible option is a pterodactyl. Right. At least that's what I'm telling myself. The, the, <laughs> the we pitched that uh, one of the things. That we could think about for for like extra credit homework was what is the underlying feeling of your stress number, and I hope it's the case that some of our more persistent, thoughtful listeners jumped into that. But that's where my mind's been all week, and I think that it's it's worth recording. Since we're talking about underlying feeling anyway, might as well jump into that. Yeah, might as well. I really like this topic because it's it's one of those uh, as we were talking off mic. It's one of those topics that's it's the flashing light on your dashboard. Yeah. When was the last time you had a flashing light on your dashboard? Earlier today, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> what what's wrong? Uh the weather's getting colder and I need to put some air in my tires. That happened to my to Beckett's car. Uh, yeah. yeah. He was, it freaked him out. Sure, yeah. I got low yeah. low tire pressure. How does this work? Yeah. You just put air in the tires. Because it's getting colder. Yeah, my 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 partner definitely uh, freaked her out, and I was like, "Nah, it's just getting colder. It's fine." <laughs> my sixth partner definitely thought the car was going to explode. But there's a difference between like your your car is starting to wobble a little bit. You're not feeling quite as as comfortable going around corners for some reason. It's like uh, there's just something wrong with the car, and you feel it. Yeah. But when you get actual information from your car saying, "Hey," Knucklehead, it's October. Put put air in your tires. Right, right. Well, and like, like you 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 get the indicator, and then you ignore the indicator for six <laughs> months, and then the car starts wobbling. I believe I believe you forgot to preface. If you're a nine, you hey hey, <laughs> we are not the only ones who do this. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps some, some of us go oh okay i'm gonna put air in my tires because this will sure, take two yeah. minutes yeah <laughs> and some of us wait a week and a half past the indication one of because, the best you know one of the best purchases i've ever 
made was a tire inflator. Yeah. It's you put you plug it into the cigarette lighter uh-huh. and uh it's got a little little pump. Pump up your tire. I, to- I in fact have one that is battery powered. Come on. Like it just uses and it still a, takes like you a, six a months. Batter- Man, because <laughs> I have to like actually go outside and do it. I know it's only gonna take like six minutes, but I have to remember and then go get the thing and then go do it. It's a it's an ordeal. See, I I just want to pick on nines again. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I actually have many a place. If if anyone were to look at my office and say, uh, "Jeff, are are you gonna take the trash out at some point sure. ever?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I take my trash out pretty regularly. It's all the other crap that's a problem. When was the last time you ate an apple? Because that core is looking pretty gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> so dinosaur bones, right? Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> blinking lights. lights. Yeah. It, here's the thing about the blinking lights. It seems to me, it, it's in, the blinking light says, this is the problem, and now I'm aware of it, and I have a name for it, and I can control it. If I can name something, I can control it. This is a, right. this is a law of human experience. Right. Thing about our underlying feelings is they are so intense at times that we forget to name them. Mm-hmm. I was driving yesterday, and these two guys pull into my lane, like like a foot or two into my lane, just being oblivious. But sure. I think they're being a jerk. And I had this like surge of rage, like you're jumping in my lane. This is my mm. lane. I don't know why I think it's my lane. I don't own the lane, but they are in <laughs> my lane. And I, like, after I determined that everything was safe, I decided to hit the gas, pull up next to them, stare them down. My very calm, thoughtful, wise, youngest child, who's a five, said, Mm -hmm. uh, dad, no reason to do that. Yeah. (laughs) And what is that going to accomplish? Nothing. The... My my five realizes that when I get angry, things go badly, and mm, sure. is immediately aware anger is taking place in my father. Mm. I should probably mm-hmm. bring this up, which they did, and it was yeah. incredibly helpful. And yeah, I sure. said, you know what, this is I'm being an idiot, but I didn't recognize my anger. Sure, yeah. I allowed anger to just control my yep. action. Yep, and then and that, we're not in the driver's seat anymore, even that, if we are physically in the driver's seat (laughs) and and that's the thing just just naming i am entering that space that i call anger can be real helpful because otherwise i'm like this is my authentic self coming out and nobody's gonna push me around i'm gonna do what i want and and then bad things happen right because none of that's real so that's correct that happens in my center with anger let's just you want to talk about ones Great. I think that's a great place to start. Ones are incredibly interesting. (laughs) (laughs) This is how things work in my life as a one, and we will talk about all the types uh, through this prism. The thing about stress is that when things go very badly, I start using my stress tools, Mm -hmm. and I don't feel angry anymore in my stress number. And one of the ways that I can test, that I can understand that, you know, the the light on my dashboard that's blinking that goes off, it's not anger that I experience. It's 
shame. Mm. Because as a one, I go to four in stress, and in four, the underlying feeling is shame. And it's a very potent feeling. It's I'm very aware of it. Oftentimes, the inner critic that has been associated with anger at myself, the inner critic takes on puts on an entirely new outfit sure. in yeah. four space. Yeah. And it's much more shame past, um, you know, directed, right? Elevating the. Uh, but also, in particular, it's uh, because shame is a relational quality. It's also relationally filtered. That's an excellent observation. I think, and that's exactly right. I don't get shamed about, you know, I don't feel a lot of shame at what I didn't accomplish. Right. I, I, the places that in my past memory that I feel shame, it's, it's about things I said to other people that I shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, ways I treated people, um, ways that conversations went that were really awful. Mm-hmm. That would be, that's exactly it. It's much more relational. Yeah. That is the dinosaur bone that's worth uncovering for all the types that we experience our stress numbers underlying feeling yep to a higher degree and we should name it yep and there's a couple things that happen when you name your underlying the underlying feeling of your stress number one you can say i'm in stress right now just that really matters yep as as tj and i have said many times your stress number isn't bad it's a tool but if you if 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 you don't know like a flamethrower is a tool yeah, in theory. <laughs> what else? If it's a really destructive, a chainsaw is a tool. Great. You could do a lot of damage to yourself if you don't know how to use a chainsaw, though. That's true. Yeah, it would be something like that. There's there is something about I need to in this moment. I'm in that space where I'm in stress, and I need to use the tools to get to the high side of stress so that I can navigate these waters in a way that doesn't do damage to myself, to other people, etc. Yeah. And even just the fact of recognizing it, that just knowing that that the way for for ones, the way that you are currently beating yourself up and feeling like like you are fundamentally flawed in this place is actually you being in stress. It's not that you were fundamentally flawed. Right. Correct. Well, maybe not. Not necessarily that you're fundamentally flawed. I don't. I don't know. I'm a pretty toxic person, to be honest with you. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to dig out that bit. A handful of things I want to talk about about this. And I think this is just super useful. I may have said this already, but I'm a little feisty today. I'm going to get very prescriptive because I'm just in that kind of mood. Sure. And mm-hmm. part of it is that I, I despise being in stress so much. Like I can deal with anger all day long. Mm-hmm. I have a really tough time living in shame uh, and fear. Yeah, these are these are very uncomfortable spaces for yeah. me. Well, I it's, think this is a, like this, this is a great place for us to start going around the circle because I think that like pointing at the fact that you are so uncomfortable has to do with your type. Mm-hmm. It's not just that you, Jeff, are really uncomfortable being in stress. It's that ones experiencing the kind of shame that comes with the move to stress it is an extremely uncomfortable place to be do you not so just to 
I'll jump to the end real quick. But TJ's a nine. Nine's yeah. moved to six in stress. And the yep. underlying feeling of six is fear. Mm-hmm. Is fear an uncomfortable spot for you? Yes, absolutely. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what I mean. Like, like, we can see this. I think that it's very pronounced in ones uh, because of the way that it sort of turns it in on itself. Mm-hmm. And, and just, like, makes some of the hard things about being a one a little bit harder. Sure. So, yeah, I think this is going to be true for almost all the types. But but in particular, seeing it in ones, it's it's a lot easier to point to. Right. There, and that's it. Ones don't want to be corrupted or spoiled. And when I move into stress and feel shame, that is an intruder that needs to be kicked out. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. about the past, I can't correct the past for the most part. Right. Someone's actually, and let me back up. Someone's, you'll know this, will be overly apologetic when mm-hmm. when they screw up. And I bet, and in part, it's going to be about this. Yeah. They messed up yesterday, and all of a sudden, they have this surge of shame, and they need to get the shame out. Right knock on person's door. I really messed this up. I need to tell you 12 ways that I messed this up so that I can purge it from myself so I don't experience mm-hmm. the shame that's in the mm-hmm. past anymore. And and this is the way to make myself good in the face of not being good in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Or even this is, is the right thing to do. The, the desire to get even keel is, uh-huh. I suppose, where I would put it. It's like I just need to get back to a place where I'm feeling comfortable again in my body. Mm-hmm. And this is how I'm going to do it. I just need I need to apologize to Joe, Sally, and Ed. And when that happens, then, okay, then that's in the past. I can move back to the present. And that's the move. I'm getting out of the past. I'm moving yeah. into the present. We're going to talk quite a bit about that, in fact. That yeah. move of moving out of your stress number back into center, I think, is important. Yep. Um, one thing that's real important, however, is to say, again, that your stress number is not bad. Right. Your stress number is a tool. Yeah, I think that um, we've been saying this, that, that just recognizing that you're in stress is is something that is good. Just being able to see it and, and know that this is like y- you are not balanced right now. You are not in a great place. You are not feeling centered. You're you're experiencing something that is causing you to move and pick up other behaviors. And while it may be the case that that is to keep you alive, like you like your stress type is is part of how we stay alive, how we protect ourselves, but it also may be the case that there's something there that you need to be able to grab to get back to center. And when fours are and when ones are experiencing that kind of stress, it is the case that shame will be part of that sense, part of that feeling, part of the way they experience that shame. But it's also true that there's some level of introspection that needs to happen in order to bring the one back to center. That's a great way to think about your stress number. Your, your stress number is a tool to do some work. It's not a place to live. Right. It's the tool by which you get back to a healthy center. Because if you were already in a healthy center, you wouldn't have moved into stress. You wouldn't right. have started using other tools. 
Right. But the tool is there to, you know, to rebuild the platform by which you can jump back to center. Jumping to center, engaging your center, really important. And I feel like, I don't know if we're on an island here, but it's just worth, in terms of theory, it's just worth naming, it seems to me. There, there are some folks who want to say that your Enneagram type is the problem, that somehow you had, you know, you had broken things in your past, in your childhood, uh, throughout your life. Your personality develops, and your personality is your Enneagram type, and therefore your type. You're a five, and this is the problem, is your fiveness. That's a prescription. Mm-hmm. I tend to say this is a terrible prescription to say your fiveness is the problem. Because I want to say your fiveness is where you need to land, embrace, and really ask the question, what does it look like to be a high, uh, to go to the high side of your five? What's it look like to be a healthy, thriving, happy five? Yeah. That's the target. Balanced five, as we've said. Right. Yeah, it's not that we're we're trying to. I mean, there is some degree of the the parts of your personality that are tied to your fiveness or your oneness or or for me nineness that are a problem. But part of becoming a better, wholer person is to not let those things be in the driver's seat anymore. Yeah, we're not getting out of the nine car. I'm just not ever going to get out of the nine car. That's the car that I have, but I don't have to let my personality drive. The problem in my mind is the low side of my type, mm-hmm. and I associate my type with the low side of my type sometimes. Yeah, and I say, well, my entire type is clearly dysfunctional. That's that's not a good move. Correct. That's that strikes me as self abusive. Mm-hmm. Like for those of us who actually get an enneagram, if you start like abusing your type, I don't think that's healthy at all. And I would I would really jump out on that limb and say there, you know, there's a there's a point at which some Enneagram teachers are being abusive to themselves and you you really shouldn't go down that road. The question is, what does it look like for you to be healthy, virtuous, thriving, balanced in your type? Because the world needs great ones. The world needs great nines. Yep. So let's talk about ones with 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 that in mind. You move once, you move into stress. One of the things you begin to experience is the underlying feeling of your stress number, which is shame. Note, it's a past-oriented emotion and it's very relational. Yep. This is this is the the flashing light on your dashboard that you are in stress. Mm-hmm. Stress isn't a bad thing, it's not a good thing, but you need to know it. Yeah, I think that like for some of us, it's like we see you know, a low tire pressure light come on and we say, ah, I'll fix that someday. And then six months later, we're, uh, you know, not able to make turns the way we're supposed to because one of our tires is super low and (laughs) and we're on the highway and the tire blows out because we've ignored this problem for so long. And, And realistically, like when you see that flashing light, this is a time to take stock and look around and figure out, what you're doing there, why you're there maybe, how to get back home, like what what things need to be fixed in order to make that flashing light go away. Mm-hmm. And what what part, like when ones are in that place where they're experiencing that relational anxiety, when, when they're looking at things that have happened last Tuesday, six months ago, 
whatever, where they're like really, really hard on themselves about some way that they messed up a relationship or or said something wrong to another person or or what it like when that is the way that their mind is thinking, then one's need to take stock and look at what's happening in their life that's causing this stress, what's going on around them that's pulling them out of balance. We had set it off, Mike, and I had forgotten to set it up, but it's important is alongside the underlying feeling is also going to come the passion of your stress number. Yeah. And another thing that ones may experience is severe envy in a Mm -hmm. dark way. Yep. Not only are those the flashing lights, but that is just going to be your experience. So thing that goes through my mind in terms of like repair or you are in your stress number and it's a tool. So how do you use the tool? Ones. Fours feel their thoughts. That's how they are in the world. And you should use that tool. You're thinking repressed anyway. You need to start getting emotional, relationally emotional about your thinking. And this actually can be quite helpful. Pushing into fours equanimity at the high side, very helpful. Seeing that everything has a place, seeing that um, all the relationships and everything you've done, um, all the ways that your story has played out up until this moment, it all has a place and it's all beautiful. Just own it. Just own it. And and regardless of if, like, you may not be able to get to the place where, quote unquote, it's beautiful. But what you can do is accept that it's yours. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. These are the things that have got you to where you are now. And there is no other version of you. Alongside this, and for those of you who aren't, you know, into to God and the rest, uh, forgive me for a second, but this this is one of those places where when we talk about the heart's message or when Enneagram teachers talk about the heart's message, it's very important to find this in some sort of source. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people, unfortunately, will let you down and they can't communicate these things. And that's why at the end of the day, I think it's much more helpful to, to go towards God or towards your source for this. The heart's message for fours is you are seen In my tradition, the living God sees everything. Living God is all-knowing. Living God not only sees, but has an emotional experience of everything that's seen. And the living God has seen your story and actually sees it in exactly the way that TJ communicated it. It's, there, there are high, you know, there's, there's places where you're thriving. There's places where, you know, you're in front of a toilet throwing up and it's fairly ugly. And, Mm -hmm. That's all, all these things have their place in getting you to where you presently are. And that can be celebrated. And that right. can be, you can be affirmed in that space, even when you're just thoroughly stressed out. But getting your emotions around thinking about this and thinking about the fact that you are seen in this space, this, and my, for, for me, can be incredibly helpful. Somebody understands yeah. and knows all things and is cheering for me. And getting emotional about that is very valuable um, for me. Yeah. And I think like it, f- figuring out ways that you can embrace and spend time with those emotions, like it, it's it's really easy. F- like, because ones are typically reacting to their emotions and then they think about it later, if ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so part of 
being in stress is recognizing that you're not solving the problem anymore. And I think part of being healthy, grabbing the good things when you find yourself in that place is not to rush yeah. to try and solve it, but to be in the feelings and and try to recognize what you're actually feeling. Try to think about, try to engage your feeling center in a way that helps move you back to, as opposed to trying to just trying to spin your wheels, just trying to force it. Yeah, there's obviously always something to do, but sometimes there's not. And sometimes it's actually better not to solve the problem, but to figure out how you actually feel about the problem. Fours are going to have an internal reference point, whereas ones are going to have an external reference point. Ones are moving outward. Fours withdraw, as we've said. The stance is withdrawn. I have a huge difficulty, um, unless I'm just in... Uh, exhausted moving into withdrawn space because I I started judging myself. I'm, I'm clearly not doing enough. I'm withdrawn. (laughs) No, that's not. No, but part of going into four space, the tool is here's how the tool works. You're shutting down your, your action center. You're shutting Mm -hmm. down your body when you go to four space. Yep. If you're, if your body in action was doing the job, you wouldn't be stressed out. That's why you're withdrawing. Right. And so since you're here, I love I love the image that TJ just pitched. Since you're there, why don't you go ahead and sip that for a while and yeah. get the nutrition you need and find out what you, yeah, and just find out the things that are beneficial to you in that space. Yeah. The mo- one of the most to piggyback on that though, there is a time where you get the nutrition. You you know, you do the journaling. Uh, ones, this would be f- very helpful in, in, you know, in stress. Just create a journal, write it all down, throw away 90%, keep the 10% that's gold that really speaks to your heart. Look at it every morning and just remind yourself this is who I am and this is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And when it's time, name it and say it's time to get into my body. And when you do that, you're moving back into one space and you're getting centered and that's where you're made yeah. to live. And that also helps you figure out what's yours to do. Yeah. Because it's, it's often the case that ones find themselves in stress in part because they don't know what's theirs. Yep. They think they have to fix the world. Spastic and, thinking. Yeah. And when you come back from four space, you recognize that you have a place in the world and the rest of the world isn't your place. Yeah. That that's a great point. Yeah. At least for me, the lack of clarity that I experience when I'm centered is profound. Mm-hmm. I can move very easily into seven space, and then there's twenty thousand things I could possibly do. Sure, yeah. And I even sometimes lie to myself and say seven space is where I'm supposed to live. This is one it's of the really not incredibly helpful things with four <laughs> space. Being able to see your unique colors, your unique yep. contribution, your unique um, vocation. Yeah. And here is the where my energy ought to, to move and be targeted. Otherwise, a lot of ones can get real unhealthy and just are very, it, you know, they are very reactive. Mm-hmm. 
things just don't feel like they're going well. Must be my fault. I'm going to I'm going to throw my energy in 28 different ways. And that that just that's a terrible place to live as a one. Right. Bang. Engage your center. Get in, you know, find out who you are. Begin to act on it. Shoot for the high side of your center. These are this is good living. Last words on ones? I don't think I have anything to add. That's going to be the prototype. I think all the rest of the types are going to flow very fast as we yeah. as we're talking because that that's the that's the prism through which you can see yourself and all the other things. So right. notice how it works for twos. Twos are a reactive type. Twos, when moving to stress, they move into eight space. Twos will shut down their emotions, uh, their relational center, and they're moving into eight space. And for those of us who know eights, we know that eights are feeling repressed. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. Twos moving into eight space are shutting down their feelings, grabbing hold of eight tools. Uh, what does the blinking light look like for twos? Yeah, so twos who typically encounter... Um, a fair amount like that like shame is the thing that that goes with twos uh, shame and relational anxiety uh struggling with knowing where my place is and needing to to make sure that the people have got my back and uh that i'm connected moving into stress twos finding themselves in stress start experiencing the way that anger moves outward with eights Mm -hmm. And like a lot of twos have reported that stress is the place where they get called the B word. Mm -hmm. And like, like this is when twos who are typically affable and like, like, you know, a lot of twos are somewhat, okay, controlling is the wrong word, but it gets us in the ballpark. Forgive me twos. But a lot of twos are, are sort of aggressive about their help and, and the like they're, they're naturally reactive people, but they're, you know, they're, they don't have a problem sort of inserting themselves if they think that they have a job to do. But when they move into this place of stress, when they start to actually get the real aggressiveness of eights and the the actual anger that comes along with that move, it becomes a lot more volatile than twos typically are. It becomes a lot more sort of incendiary and and like anger as a way to move mountains and and like people experience people typically experience the anger of twos as m much more like martyrdom. And when they get the the stressed out version of twos, people experience a different kind of anger. And twos feel that anger in a different kind of way. It is much more self-centered. It's much more, it's sort of big in its capacity to try and control the world and less about what is, what does someone else need from me? Much more about what are people doing that I don't like? I suppose I told myself a story here that the two's been putting their external energy out for everybody's sake. Mm -hmm. And then they feel injured like or unwanted or like people aren't giving them the return care that they've been asking for. And mm -hmm. so, something hits and it's suddenly they feel kind of vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that vulnerability emerges. They get yeah. kind of aware of themselves and then they get angry about it. Yeah. And the anger 
actually is pushing outward towards folks who didn't care for them. Yeah. And the, the image of like, uh, you, there's only for the, for those of us who just give and give and give and give and give and give, there is, there often is a point where you hit the wall and you say, I like nobody's been helping me or even, um, like I'm the, I get hit when doing that and suddenly become a little bit more self-protective and I need to step away from all that. And I can't care about you right now is, is I suppose how I read that. Sure. Um, I don't have an image coming to my head here. So this may, I may be off, but the independent side of eightness would emerge. Correct. Yes, but I don't think in a withdrawn kind of way. Correct. It's in a aggressive. controlling kind of way. Yeah. It, it's not that I'm going to take care of myself now. It's that all you are going to do what I want now. It's a better way to put it. That's good. That is, I theoretically, that is going to be tinged with anger, but it's going to be tinged with vengeance as well. Yeah? Oh, certainly. I mean, it, it's like... Twos don't find themselves in that stress place, especially not the unhealthy side, without there being a reason that they need to sort of get even, to stake yeah. their place, that to plant their flag and say, nope, this is mine now and we're going to do it my way because you didn't do it the way I wanted. That's a good way to put it. That's what I've seen. I have seen twos who enter that space the eight space and then mm-hmm. they relationally undercut some people. Yeah. Like like okay, now that we're here over here on the side, I'm going to use gossip to like just kneecap, you know, that person over there. Sure. Who did me wrong. Yeah. I was giving my best to that person. It didn't go well. And now we're stepping to the side and I'm aware of this in on the side i'm i'm you know and i i think the the relational i'm shutting down my heart is kind of takes place in that space sure am i wrong there i suppose i'm thinking of just a handful of experiences on this front yeah. with I, with twos i'm not sure that i've seen that uh, that i would agree with like the pulling to the side aspect okay uh it may not be the case that the twos are going to um be the one to tell the the person that is that they're struggling with to get out but they might manipulate someone else to get them to get to like like the gossip will come in and say look at look at what so and so did you should probably fire them that's i mean that's that's yeah. what i'm saying is yeah. it's on the negative side mm-hmm. that's how the vengeance materializes it yeah. materializes the vengeance is is very relational yes for the two yeah whereas i can see all sorts of eights the vengeance can be very physical sure yeah i mean because everything is still through our primary center like yeah. the, the way that twos relate to the world is relational and even if they pick up two tools at eight they're still relational beings at, at in their nature right and so the things that they pick up there may may have to do and this is this is true for all the way around the circle when yeah when ones pick up some of the four stuff it's still not about 
it, like it's a relational filter, but it's still about themselves and their control and and their particular place in the world. When when twos move to eight and pick up that stress, it's it's it picks up a more f- sort of physical gut level intuitional filter, but it's still relational at its core. Gonna intuit your thinking about the relationships. Yeah, that just that strikes me as right. I'm I, again when I've and and you'll be able to speak to this better because you have a parent who's a two. But it just strikes me that in the few there's a few places where I've seen two snap, and it feels like that where it's like the high relational IQ goes low, mm-hmm. and I just I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out a golf club and and you know and hit that guy in yeah. the knee. Yeah, and all of a sudden we we realize that not not only are they starting a fight, but they encouraged all of us to bring our knives and they brought a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize she had a gun. Yeah. You were <laughs> or or in my two's case, a crossbow. <laughs> my my mother for context, my mother would not allow me to have a uh, BB gun when I was a child when I was young because, you know, guns are bad. But when she died, I had to figure out what to do with her crossbow. <laughs> it's a zombie apocalypse coming, TJ. <laughs> you gotta get informed by the breaking, not breaking bad, by the uh, by the Walking Dead. The Walking dead. dead, which she loved. Uh, I mean, that's why she's got a crossbow. <laughs> Heart's message for the eight is: you will not be betrayed. And here's the thing: is you are so relationally geared. And that person did hurt you and you go mm-hmm. into eight space and you do want to get vengeance and there is a different option. And the option is that God is on your side and will mm-hmm. never, ever, 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 ever hurt you Yeah, in that way. And you yeah. need to pull from that hard, aggressively, just like an eight would. You get lustful about it in some <laughs> sense. I mean, that's the positive sense of the intensity of experience available for twos in stress in terms of their spiritual life is there, you know? Well, I, I also think there's a, there's a really interesting thing here. We never really talk about this, but the heart's message for the eight is an active receiving. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have anything to do with the other person. Yeah, talk about that. It's like, you will not be betrayed is different from this person will not betray you. Oh, see. All right. So here's, and, go ahead. So so twos who naturally sort of like shut down their own inner workings and desires and feelings and like like put all of that stuff on the side in order to help and serve other people when they get into this place where things are not going well and and they are experiencing something that pulls them out of their center and moves them into stress yeah, all of the the vengeance and the anger and all of the stuff that we've talked about, but one of the things that they do get there, especially if they can figure out how to embrace that heart's message, is that you will not be betrayed. Not that you have this place in this thing and you're and the community is safe. It's not that like this person is going to, like it's not about the other people. It's about the self. And that's a big part of what twos need 
in that eight space is connecting with themselves and recognizing that they have power and agency and it's okay to have desires and to let that stuff out and know that the people around them that that the the people the the beings that are worthwhile are want the whole self to come to come forward i think that's a great interpretation of that um there is a traditional list out there. The only one that's put in, I believe that's the first person, is I will is is the message for eights. I will not mm-hmm. betray you. Is how I've always read it. Yeah. from others, and it's the only one that's a that's addressed in that way. Every sure. everything else is you are seen, you are good, you are you know uh-huh. it's these you are statements. You get to eights. I will not. You know, there, there's a personality here apparently. So yeah. I like your take on this because it's consistent with the rest of the list Mm -hmm. when i jump to we need to get something from our source there the personality comes in and especially for twos like the relational connection to you know the divine can be incredibly helpful here right like you you just need power Mm -hmm. that's what you're looking for you 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 need some some power and grounding and foundation because you've been giving it all and and you need something that's massive to step into that space and say, yeah. here's the thing, I'm on your side. Yeah. And as it turns out, that power comes from inside you, not not from your connection to other people. Right. It can't come from other people. Exactly. I think, and this might be, so I like, so I'm a philosopher of religion. That's like actually my training. But the, so I, like, I just want to respect the hell out of those who come from a non-theistic tradition on this. It can be the case that you, you can tell yourself that message. Like that may be, that may be all that's there. You know, if you, if you don't, if you don't have a God, you know, where else are you going to go? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to find that in yourself. Yeah. Um, for those of you, for those of us who have a belief in God, it just is. It's it's easier. <laughs> I mean, it just is to just right. make the move and say, "Look, the voice that created the sun is cheering for you right now, and will never do you wrong." Right. And you need to pull from that. That I don't know. That's that's how I read that. And and the move back to center then becomes really natural because if if you are capable of all of those things, if if you have that power within you, then in fact you are worthwhile. You are worthy of being in being part of the relationships that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, if you're, I mean, for me, if you can get there, you're a better person than I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, unfortunately i have to i it's a lifelong work man yeah so, well i mean this is just one of those places it's a fork in the road you gotta take one i i've warned everybody ahead of time i'm just gonna be prescriptive i love the hell out of believing in god because of this yeah. love the hell out of believing in god because <laughs> when i get to these spots there is just nothing there. I'm going to be scraping some some concrete trying to pull, you know, the the like if I can say I am seen while while pulling something into myself, but I just can't get there, so. Yeah. That's me. Yep. <laughs> I understand. 
I can also understand the other side. I this that's what I'm saying. I was like, <laughs> man, just love the hell out of you atheists. You guys are like I nobody I'd rather talk to. I have no idea how you do it. Like yeah. it, it's ter- it's not terrifying. It is I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. I would love to have this conversation with you and potentially another like someone who is actually atheistic. Yeah. But that's not what our podcast is about. Correct. So, but, but I mean, it's th- that's what I'm saying is, at this level, I'm 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 naming the fork. This is where things fork when you get to Hart's message. It is mm. it is so core. It is bedrock core, and so in this this is just how the movement has to happen at that level. Because when I read, I mean, there's there's a handful of fantastic more Buddhist. It comes across more Buddhist to me, Enneagram teachers. Mm-hmm. Who who will not pull from the divine, as it were, sure. and they'll fr- and they'll and their phrasing of the heart's message ends up having much more of a Buddhist mystical way of uh, grounding themselves. Mm-hmm. Cheer for that all day long. If that's where intellectually, if that's your metaphysical view of the cosmos, may all good things be yours. But you gotta name it at that level because it's very very different from saying, "Look, the creator of the universe." speaks over you because if you don't believe in that career the universe you can't get there right anyway all right thank you for letting me do my side note that only took (laughs) four minutes um threes threes oh by the way with twos yeah once you get grounded once you once you receive from your eight space engage your relational heart again because now you have that power that you grabbed hold of it in eight space yeah you can move back to center with some authority Mm-hmm. With some self confidence, with some and like, with some absolutely unequivocally necessary boundaries, yeah. Because Found some of the people that have been taking advantage of you need to be told to hit the bricks. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent word. That's what you should grab hold of in the yep. eight space. Yep. They're they're yeah. Sometimes the the people that the relationships that you're stressing about are relationships that should be severed and that's okay. And you get that from eight space. You get the strength and the will and the, the anger, <laughs> whatever's necessary there to help get you to a place where you were putting energy into things that are worthwhile and, and yours to do and not letting other people take that from you. What is mine to do is a question for, Reactive types. Ones, twos, yep. and sixes need to ask this because your thinking is repressed and gets you grounded and centered. This is exactly right. In terms of eight space, mm-hmm. eight space is going to tell you these people are knuckleheads. You don't need to care about them. Yep. You are wasting your best energy on people who, and Jesus talked about it. These are pearls, man. They're gonna, yep. You're throwing it before swine. Don't do that. <laughs> Threes. So uh, the threes are going to move nine space. What you going to grab in nine space for the three? So the things that us nines have to offer threes, threes who live in that the center of that heart triad and and view the world relationally and and who do I need to become in order for other people to think I'm great and uh, experience everything with that sort of shame filter but also i think are sort of like pushing it away 
like it's it's less about letting shame rule and more about doing everything they can to avoid and ignore shame in a sort of aggressive way they come into nine space in stress and there's a withdrawal move there's a there's a coming into like a more physical presence move but there's also a sense of like the way that threes are are disconnected from their shame now they start to feel a kind of anger and a weird sort of disassociation with it as well because anger is is the thing that they get at nines and uh, I think that a lot of times uh, this will be the uh, I'm going to take my ball and go home move for threes uh, instead of trying to impress and adapt and uh, get things done and, and achieve. They say, fine, I'm just going to go do it. I'm, I'm just going to go do something else or fine, I'm just going to quit this thing. And there's an, a level of anger that comes with that. If you've ever... Threes, if you've ever angrily given up on anything, particularly relationships or because of a relationship, that was probably you moving into nine space. Paired with as the passion of sloth, there there can be a, as you're talking, the detachment can be a healthy thing for threes. Detaching from dysfunctional relationships, from dysfunctional jobs, from dysfunctional people. Sometimes that feeling of anger is the tool. You are using your stress tool in those moments as you're detaching. You're perhaps rightly getting angry. Mm -hmm. It is worth noting that when anger emerges, you're in your stress number. And that's the the thing you got to name. And especially if you sever all the things and say i don't care anymore about any mm-hmm. of you yeah. or anything that's the voice of sloth yeah yeah and it's it's not that like everyone experiences anger everyone experience most people experiences experience some level of shame and everyone experiences some most people experience some level of fear the the true thing about the way that threes experience anger when they move into this stress place is it's paired with some level of detachment and giving up of and it may not be bad that you're doing that but it is still present that there is something about your anger that's moving you away from the thing that you're engaging because in normal space, when threes feel anger about something, they just solve the problem yeah. or attempt to solve the problem. When stress comes in, when stress actually pulls threes away from center into that nine space, there's a level of backing away. A lot of people talk about ones wanting to hide their anger. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. I live with a three and I'm just i'm i'm like going through all my memories and saying when is she angry she Mm. is absolutely hiding her anger (laughs) i know it's there in theory and that that would be that's just interesting to me as we're as we're talking (laughs) talking about this yeah when the anger is is a motivating force to solve problems it's just different when the anger is a motivating force to back away from problems that's a stress move yeah there you go 
and it may not be named. So threes right. out there may know it, but those of us who love threes, it may be a, a little bit hidden. Mm-hmm. Again, the low side is going to look like I don't, I don't care about any of you, right? And it's going to have a severe detachment element. I am, I am sure. Yeah, and and like coming into this idea that like when nines live with this sort of thing that that our presence doesn't matter, and when threes. That that is not the way that threes feel, and so if they right. ever encounter a space where there's this sort of like, like, discontented, I guess what I do here doesn't matter, like th- that's stress for the three. That is a stress move for the three because that is not how threes feel the, normally. What I hear there is like the three that is aching often for for other people to acknowledge how amazing they are in stress if you authentically hear that your presence matters that's that's some bedrock like that's actually a message that has some potency Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily get that at center as a as a three that's something you're fighting for sure you know like you gotta you gotta win you gotta win for people to take to give you the attention. But if you're in nine space and from your source hearing your presence matters, that's some that's bigger, I suppose, as I'm conceiving of that. I mean, that's high side. That's just that's getting away from sloth, pushing into identity. It's such a great thing for threes to jump off stage sometimes and really withdraw mm-hmm. and get get internal. You know, and and like, it's not the same thing as as ones and twos that like they have to figure out what's theirs. But it's often the case that the threes are putting their energy into too much, and sometimes pulling away from things and finding out that oh, your absence actually didn't change this thing over here means that you could probably stop spending energy on that thing. It's not just that you sh- it, it's not just that your presence doesn't matter in that space. It's that you are working too hard in that space. Yeah, for the results you're getting. Yeah. The cuz cuz the 3 it's not so much about the accomplishment for the 3, correct? It's about in the midst of accomplishing that the recognition. Right comes yeah it's the appearance of success it's the appearance of praiseworthiness it's it's the it's it's not letting anyone ever see you fail and often threes will take on way too much because if i say no to anything then i'm a failure was was watching men in black this morning Uh there's a scene with will smith and uh in which they go into a pawn shop it's with a Chalub, yeah, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones shoots an alien in the face for trafficking alien firearms. Right, and as they're leaving, Will Smith says, "And I'm going to come back soon and 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 see about yeah. them, you know, Rolexes, you know, that were apparently black market." And yeah. inserting himself into this world where just. He he is completely completely outgunned, outmatched. Yeah. Like there's there's no reason why the, he matters. 
This is a criminal that he has encountered before as a police officer. Yes. And he just learned that not only is he a criminal that deals in <laughs> stolen watches, but he is also an alien criminal who can regrow his head and deals in stolen weapons, but, which he had never known before in his many interactions with this man as a, as a police officer. And so at the end of learning that I actually had no idea what was going on here he needs to assert his authority and i'm gonna come back and we're gonna talk about those watches yeah. the, the the point being is it's not about accomplishing the job at that point in time correct it's about being being important in yes. this situation yes that's yeah. what i'm trying to say it's yeah. like at that point in time you don't matter at all you mm -hmm. just don't. And still, it's, it's like the best line in that scene is him, I'm going to come back and see you about those Rolexes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the this is what goes through my mind and heart here in terms of the, the move from the three into nine space. If you go high and can get the heart's message, your presence matters, that... Threes want authenticity. Right. This is this is something I think a lot of us don't know about threes in terms of like threes can um, struggle with the deceptive side. Mm -hmm. Threes, I don't think, want to be deceptive. They want people to actually value what's actually there. Right. And they get that at the high side of nine. Yeah. Yeah. And like the thing that you are uniquely capable of doing is is needed in this space and that like that's that's very much a nine kind of thing and and threes are so good at adapting to whatever's in front of them so they can you know be good at this thing and also be good at this thing and also be good at this thing and also be good at this thing and at some point your hands are in too many pies yep one other thing in Dear listener, we're going to spend all of November on this material, but we had a fantastic conversation with the great Joey Shuey. She wants to talk about how um, stance should be thought of with external reference points for mm -hmm. reactive types, independent reference points for aggressive types, and internal reference points for withdrawn types. Feel free to rewind that 12 times. But here's the thing. Nines are internally referenced. The thing, it can be incredibly helpful for threes to become internally referenced. Mm -hmm. to, to or to, to pick up that quality for yeah, a minute. Yeah. To grab that tool. That tool is mm -hmm. there. To yep. take, take a minute, take a look at your insides. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. Shut, shut the door for a bit. Create mm -hmm. your little space. You yeah. need a hobbit hole just like everybody else. It is entirely possible that you have said yes to too many things, <laughs> and now you're stressed out. And one of the great things that you can pick up in, in the disassociative anger and the sloth and the, the internal comfort of nines is that some of those things you don't actually want to be doing and you don't have to. Yeah, it's at that moment, you don't have to is, is coming out of who are you? Yeah. Like you got to look at yourself for 12 seconds. Yep. I mean, yep. or take a day. 
you haven't been paying attention to looking at yourself. You've been looking mm-hmm. at other people mm-hmm. to give you a mirror of yourself as opposed yep. to looking at yourself with your own eyes. Yeah. But you can get that in mind space. Yep. Bang. Your presence matters. That allows you, once you know your presence matters, it allows you to engage your center, move yeah. back into heart space. Yeah. That's a place of balance. And instead of trying to be really good at a bunch of things, you can just be really great at the things you need to be doing. Because you already know that your presence matters. Yep. That is some you know high-level octane fuel for a three i imagine if you can Mm -hmm. if you already know your presence matters and then you engage the world out there like that just screams confidence to me sure not that threes need a whole lot more confidence but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes threes can be incredibly insecure they just don't let everybody else know it but sure yeah when you actually have authentic confidence yeah it's a different kind of ball game go time fours <clears throat> fours fours are gonna move to two this is gonna tj mentioned this off mic this is gonna be an interesting move because fours moving into two space move from shame in four space into shame in two space yep but it's gonna be slightly different and so the the blinking light on the dashboard looks different how is it different well uh in one way that there's one big change and that's that the shame switches from being a lot more sort of directed inward and starts becoming a lot more sort of directed outward like there's there's a just a switch in the direction that it's going and and i think like it's really important to recognize the the place of the passion in the move and stress and we particularly see it in fours and fives. So when fours find themselves in stressful places, not only does the shame, the way that shame works, switch directions, but also they they pick up the other direction of their passion, which moves from envy into pride. And so you see, especially in unhealthy ways, you see fours who are normally like, looking at the world and sort of seeing how they don't fit, now they move into a place where they are almost requiring that other people validate their position. Mm-hmm. Like there there becomes this sort of like prideful, sort of shaming, look at all of the things that I've done for you, now you are supposed to be on my side kind of move. And, and like that... I think that that is a way to describe some of the worst things that can be seen in this move, but there is there can be a real sense of of picking up that like it doesn't matter if shame is felt internally because that move in stress is to start to draw other people in to your place so that you feel like you're not alone anymore. Mm. Yep. Yeah, become very much more relational yeah. into space. Yeah. Suppose that corresponds with the heart's message. If you go high side in two space, if you're a four moving into two space, the heart's message for twos is that you're wanted and that's a very relational mm-hmm. place to be. And it, it also, it solves some of the problem of like cashing in your tickets, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Like I've seen this, I've seen this play out a, a handful of times where where fours find themselves in deeply stressful places, and now they need the community that they consider they like, like people that they are friends with, to now come to their side against someone else. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then we aren't actually as good of friends as we as. I thought we were. Mm. And in the place where you are worthwhile, you matter, you like people want you around, that that gets rid of the transactional nature of that scenario. I want to have you around, but that doesn't require me. Like I don't have to prove that to you by engaging whatever conflict you're in or like this isn't about me as as the person outside of the the four never thought about fours being really independent people but like as you're talking that's that's exactly what i say they're very independent Mm -hmm. until things break right and when they break they get relational yeah and it's it's not that they're independent it's that they they are naturally more sort of invested in themselves in like this, this can be a really good thing. A lot of us need to learn this lesson from fours, particularly ones. Uh, but there's like the way that fours sort of navigate, they need relationships, but there is so much about them that is so internal yeah, that it doesn't, that that the world can't even understand what's going on inside. So they always, and they naturally see themselves as apart. Yeah. As separate from the things that are going on around them. As as not, like, I don't have that thing to make me fit into that group or that group or make my presence in this job normal or or like i'm the black sheep of the family they still need those people the the relationships around them but they naturally see themselves on the outside of it i think that's why i'm saying yeah the independence is 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 there mm-hmm. yep but in security they're moving to one space and are mm-hmm. and can still be quite independent in yes in doing the thing that they're made to do building some mm-hmm. stuff It's when fours get relational. Yeah. When fours get relational, it's going to be in that that two space. When they move into stress and and start pulling people into their circle. Yeah. In order to have a more united front. Yes. Yeah. it's, It's almost like making other people pick sides. Yes. Sometimes. Pull And yeah, the... You want to talk about picking sides? I think that's interesting. I think that's exactly yeah. what's going on too. Yeah, I think it. it uh, do you see me? Is coming out there. Um, there's and the not pulling. only do you see me, but have I earned the right yeah. to cash in whatever favors I need? There it is. Yep. Have I earned the right for you to stick by me no matter what? Have we mentioned pride? Because that's that's what that's what pride. Yeah. At, the negative side, that's what that is. That's excellent. Heart's message for twos is I'm wanted or you are wanted. And again, you can look to the crew. You can look to the herd to give you that. Mm-hmm. But again, if you if you get that from your source, it's, it's just different. 
in my mind yeah. if you're if you're wanted by the maker of all things the, you know, it just is different in my mind um yeah. so getting because that as a four and and so much of that that stress move is transactional by nature like this mm -hmm. is this is mm -hmm. part of what fours experience into this is part of how twos experience their world their yeah. their giving is sort of transactional they're storing up favors sorry sorry twos uh that's that's just kind of how it works and the message that you are actually wanted in these relationships says it's not transactional by nature yeah both twos and fours need to hear that it's not transactional by nature you need to know that you're in terms of coming to God again, like you have a full bank account. That's what that's that's one of the fantastic things about grace experienced is that you understand that that you are an inheritor of all things. Mm -hmm. Living in that can be incredibly difficult, but super freeing yeah. to being your best self. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what's going on there. Yeah. So but the the frantic earning that a four mm -hmm. will experience when going to two space. That can just be you know, like that's a that can be a car wreck waiting to right waiting to happen because right. it's right. so difficult as a one. I know what it's like to desperately want to earn and how difficult that that world can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it sets up that dichotomy that that it if you're not on my side, then you're against me. Yeah. And and the the message that you are wanted is an antidote to that divisiveness. Yeah. It's, I can disagree with you in this space. I cannot necessarily back you up in this fight, whatever whatever the thing is. Relationally, we are still connected. That does not require that I side with you. Yep. Because I still want you to be around. Once you got that foundation, you can move back to your center. We were talking to some fours the other day, and it was like, well, how do you get to your center as a four? You know, because you're, you're, you're going from the heart to the heart. And what you need to do is, as was said earlier, you need to move from the external relationships to the internal relationships again. Yeah. So what does it look like for you to focus on yourself a little bit? And one four we were talking to said, you, you need to find that French film from 1972. You and 12 other people have watched this movie, but you know it's amazing. Put that <laughs> sucker on. Remind yourself how beautiful it is. Yeah, and I, I even think that uh, reminding yourself that like the, the space at two gives you an opportunity to remind yourself that people like you and the move back to four is that people like you not only despite your flaws, but there are some things about you that literally only other twelve, only twelve other people on the planet experience. And the thing that connects you to those twelve people is not that you've done something to help them; it's that there is something specific about you that connects you to these other people, and that's a good and beautiful thing. We have yet to mention the great Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright is an architect. Watched a handful of documentaries on Frank Lloyd Wright. Strikes me as a four. I might be wrong on this. The thing about Frank Lloyd Wright is his architecture is very different from all the other things going on in mm -hmm. in the world at the time. He 
will take clients and say, I would like to take you over here. And then he'll make something extraordinary for them and pull them into it. Mm -hmm. And he is very aware of who he is, what he creates. And that, that strikes me as, as an elevated sense of foreignness when moving back to center. It's something like that. It's like you, you have the thing that's yours to do as it were. Right. Aware of yourself, understanding the beauty that you bring into the world, go grab some folks and pull them in Mm -hmm. to those things. Yeah. Uh, over there. Yeah. Um, so if you were to look up Frank Lloyd Wright, you would see houses like Falling Water, which is this this home out in the middle of nowhere like Wisconsin. Um, but it's it's a house that's been built uh, essentially incorporating this this river and a small waterfall. And it's it's large. Uh, you know, many people regard it as the most beautiful house in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just him and this client, you know, building right, this house. Right. Right. And yet it shines out with all of this, you know, for everybody else to see is like, man, that's that's incredible. That strikes me as the target. Yeah. Well, and I I don't I have nothing to say about what type I think Frank Lloyd Wright is (laughs) because I know nothing about his life. But given the argument going along with the argument that he might be a four for the sake of, you know, just discussion, the thing that he also that it would probably be like he is a was a phenomenally talented architect and he very easily could have made a huge name for himself cranking out cookie cutters sure right like like you get a Frank Lloyd Wright house. You get a Frank Lloyd Wright house. You get a Frank Lloyd Wright house. And all of them are different, even though they're all the same and they're just different, painted different colors and some of them are flipped uh, on the x-axis. And like, like he very easily could have made a huge amount of money doing this in a much bigger kind of way. But what he chose to do in the like truest form of himself is recognizing that his best self was being really specific with really specific places. Yeah. That's exactly it. He's picking his moments. Yeah. (laughs) Best example of this. You can imagine New York city. New York city is filled with rank rectangles stretching to the heavens and and that, and they're all gray Mm -hmm. and that sucker put, a big fat white cylinder in the middle of the city. It's called the Guggenheim. Right. And that's yeah. his art museum that he designed. They had yeah. to get they had to go through like so much approval to get this building made because it was right. so different from everything else. Like I don't think right. that we could do this. It's a big white cylinder. Anyway. Getting centered. Makes me laugh. Yeah next time well hey friends it would mean the world to us if you share this episode with somebody that you love preferably a one through four who uh just needs something new it's something yeah. worth discussing i think um what as tj and i have said in the past just one of the best things you can do if you get into enneagram is talk about your type with somebody else bringing up these topics with others can be incredibly helpful the, uh, if you love this material and if it does good for your soul, you can always support us on Patreon. If you don't know where our Patreon is, you can always go to AroundTheCircle.org, AroundTheCircle.org, and uh, the links to all of our stuff is there. 
Uh, lots of fun stuff to find, find there, in fact. Outro music here is by the great Brian Claxton. If you haven't gotten a chance to go on the Spotify and listen to Brian's stuff, Brian, Brian's one of the best drummers in the world. Just fantastic stuff. Yeah. And especially if you're a four, he's only got like 7,000 listens, you know, right here or there. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible musician, though. Um, and as always, if uh, if you want to make sure that TJ feels good about himself, you can you can give us some stars on. Just shower us with praise <laughs> and stars. <laughs> it's the only way I know who I am. Really. As, as, aside from uh, me consistently bringing up my insecurities in terms of stars, you got anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. He's CJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't is not interesting. Especially if you don't have any stars. God still loves you as you are. Right? That's the message. I think that was the message.